Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. And welcome to the Weekly Typographic. A podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week. Hi, Olivia. Happy Good Friday, Micah. <laughs> we just had a very long conversation where I had no idea what Good Friday meant, which I think is going to disappoint Steph because it sounds like it's a big deal for Steph. Yeah. Or at least the pun was a big Yeah. The pun this week is that it's Good Things Friday. We are celebrating good things in the type world right now, and it's coinciding with Good Friday, so it's Good Things Friday. <laughs> I don't know how else to like vocally show parentheses around the word things. It's... I'll just be like, Good Things <laughs> Friday. Um, it's an awful pun, so I love it. And Steph is the best, and I love her. So I'm down. I don't understand it, but I'm in. Let's do the Friday things. It's going to be a fun episode. I mean, we're just talking about some indie foundries that we have collectively gathered through the team. We have a special guest pick. And just sharing some people that you might not know yet, or maybe know a couple, or maybe you know one or two, but I doubt you know all five that we're sharing. Mm. And it's just foundries that are doing a variety of different things in different avenues within the type design world that are indie, but aren't huge, like super popular indie. They also don't have like these huge catalogs. It's more of like a niche catalog. They all kind of have their own direction, yeah. which I feel like at the league, we have our own little catalog that's curated. We do. And it's very niche, curated by yours truly. Exactly. We have our own little corner of it all. And then also... I know we don't talk about our membership on here as much as we used to, but each week, if you're part of our membership, you get extra fonts in your newsletter. And this week, we have some guest picks. Our friend Trey Seal of Vocal Type Co. helped us pick one of the foundries we're going to highlight during the podcast, but he also picked some fonts that are going to be in the members' fonts from some of the foundries that he liked. So if you're not a member, that stuff is also good are good things Friday. <laughs> if you're not a member, be a member. Yeah. Well, obviously we have more information about that on the site. Lots of good goodies. You get to support us doing our thing every week. All right, Indeed. Micah. Our first pick this week is a pick from you. This was an indie foundry you wanted to highlight, and it is very Micah in nature. <laughs> I'm honored that I got to be first. I think maybe it was to get it out of the way, but it's still very cool. It's what we talked about many weeks ago, very briefly, I think, mm-hmm. called Type Heist, typeheist.co. If you know me personally, I'm obsessed with all things heist related. So the name already got me. They're basically like an indie font foundry that does really realistic hand lettered fonts, which, if you know anything that I've designed in the last 10 years, almost everything has a hand lettered font on it. So that's very me. I'm shocked that this wasn't me. (laughs) That made Uh, this. Right. The name and Um, the content is very Micah. Yeah. However, it's also more talented than I am. So it's fantastic. There's like all manner of weird, crazy, handmade fonts from sad poem and wasted year to serial, a killer font, and ugly Mm -hmm. Dave. And there's a few that are just like really cutesy, like lore. There's a few that are kind of punk, like voodoo. And then some of them are real gross and weird, like Wasted Year is a good example, which I'm a fan of, which I think is relatively new. Mm -hmm. And they're all pretty cheap. 
I don't know what they all cost. I guess it's like 18, 18, 15, 14, 16. Like they're all seemingly less than 20 bucks. And you can get all of them for 90 bucks, it looks like. Wow. Like yeah. Good find. Deal. Good find. I love the variety in here too. Like usually there's some foundries that might specialize in handwriting fonts or fonts based off the lettering. And oftentimes it's all like, really nice perfected handwriting or nice perfected lettering. And a lot of this feels like very raw. I definitely recommend people trying out some of these handwritten fonts because I love being able to see the code at work behind handwritten fonts that have alternates in it. So if you type out the word mm, like MMM, you can just see the alternates switch and swap in to make sure that all letters don't look like exactly the same letters. They actually mimic handwriting. Mm. I think there's some great examples in the catalog here. Type Heist is a project. It's an independent font foundry with hand-lettered realistic fonts that don't conform to traditional rules or structure as it's described. It was founded by Laura Eddy, who's a product designer, but absolutely yeah. loves typography, founded in 2020. So a little bit of her side hustle, which I'm always here for. I think we're seeing more of that in the type foundry world. But I love how focused it is, how self-confident it is in what it offers. And I definitely recommend checking out their Instagram. I mean, the title of the episode will be Foundries to Follow, so you can follow them on their website or literally follow them on Instagram. I think they all have something there. I think she makes really nice specimens for these fonts that mm. aren't necessarily seen on the webpage. I love some of hers, like putting this really raw grungy font on top of this, like delicately engraved, like 1700s illustration. Yeah. That sensibility is kind of humorous and really unexpected. That's the kind of chaos I'd like to start bringing to the world. I oh, okay. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's good shit. Yeah, big fan. This is a really great find. I have no idea how we found this foundry, to be honest. Okay, I also don't know for sure, but I feel like they followed me on Instagram, and I was like, what is this cool thing? Mm -hmm. And then I fell in love. I'm not positive, but I think that might have been what happened. That might be just stroking my own ego a little bit too. Okay. I mean, you can stroke. That's my guess. That's fine. So definitely check them out. Uh, Love this find. I really think this is going to be new for a lot of people. So I'm excited for them. One thing to be aware of if you are buying it, they don't really describe a ton about their licensing, which I'm always paying attention to. Mm -hmm. But that package deal that I mentioned of all of them for one price, that's just for desktop. If you go into the Mm. individual fonts, you can buy them for web or mobile apps or EPUBs. You have to basically hit buy first and then choose. So you'll only figure that out after. But they're all pretty reasonable, to be honest. The only thing I don't love is they classify the web fonts by number of views. Yeah. Which I always hated that, but you know, hey, what can you do? Gotta get paid. Next up, we have an Olivia pick, and it's a very Olivia pick, as usual. And this is Nan, or not a number, whatever you like to call this foundry. Have we ever confirmed that that's true? That's me just interpreting it. No, but if you want to see something funny, hover over their logo in the top left of their website, and every time you (laughs) hover it, it's a different name for nan so one is there like nancy one is nan one is neat ass <laughs> niblet i'm just nasal attitude nomad i love it that's great i love that chaos too yeah very fun chaos so nan is definitely one of those emerging foundries 
that I have been watching and discovering people share a lot of love for over the past year or so. And I have a lot of love for it. I think the type itself, again, feels like a very specific corner of typography they're trying to create and mold out for themselves. They have a myriad of designers working for them. And I know it's kind of actually a big team. If you go on their studio page, they talk about who are the principal members and they talk about people that are part of the library, but aren't necessarily main designers. There's a couple of names I've recognized in here, J.B. Marzo and Jeremy Landis. They both have worked on projects for Velveteen and Velveteen is the open source foundry over in France that does a lot of quality stuff and is also kind of wacky. This almost feels like a sister foundry to Velveteen. I know Nan wants to be releasing open source stuff soon. It says that those are on its way. In the meantime, they have some really great retail fonts. It's really hard for me to pinpoint and articulate what I love so much about the sensibilities of the typeface. I have to say none of the type itself really reminds me of a historical era or like feels like a copycat of like a Cooper Black. Like I don't feel like it's trying to fit into any trends besides maybe like the ink trap trends with Nan Joan or Joan. But I do feel like it either takes a familiar skeleton and adds a weird flesh to its forms to make the forms oh really unusual. Like flesh. I love it. That's Oliver it introduced me up. to this. I know. Oliver introduced us to the word flesh, and now all I'm hearing is flesh and bones yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's like Halloween. So like Nan, Joan, Maxi, and Mitty, the forms and proportions themselves aren't that crazy, but the way that contrast is added to it is and like some of the boundaries it pushes and different weights. But then there's something like Nan Fiasco, which has like specific letters that really have their quirkiness that bring a lot to a sans serif, whether that's like the really closed apertures on the C's or the really quirky lowercase a. They're taking stuff that is familiar to us and like spinning it in unusual ways. And I'm curious to see where, what road that's going down. Also, I think they talk about they want their relationship with their type to have a relationship with code and technology. So they do some commissioned work as well. But I think that's like interesting that that's also something they're trying to experiment with. You can see some of their microsites under their projects tab which I know we talked about Sans Sheriff back in the day, which is a really crazy microsite for one of their typefaces. But in general, it seems like they're trying to push the boundaries of what a type boundary can create. They also, you know, have articles about the state of type in the world that they get writers to write for them. So I think like overall just feels fairly cutting edge and fairly exciting for me and chaotic, but I love the chaos. So I'm here for it. You know, I think I've I've only ever looked at their fonts because of you. And now I'm like browsing around their projects page and they have mm-hmm. some weird code stuff. Really? That is neat. Okay. Let's see. They trained a machine learning model to generate letter forms, which cool. I feel like isn't too new. Like many people have tried that. They made generative fonts.xyz, which is like procedurally generated it's not so much the font it looks like but like the way that the font is rendered with different textures and materials and 3d and stuff which is 
weird and neat. I think we talked about that project like a year, at least a year ago. And I think that was one of the first times we talked about them, now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then below that, I never scrolled further than that because that was entertaining enough. But at some point, they worked with production type to train a machine learning model on font bios to generate font bio. (gasps) And I noticed this at some point in the footer of one of their pages where it was like, here's a machine learning generated description of all our fonts. And I was like, and it kept changing. And I was like, that's weird, but cool, neat, whatever. And they have this whole project called This Font Does Not Exist. Yeah. Where it's using machine learning to generate descriptions of fonts, which is just so weird. I feel like this reminds me of even the colophons in novels. Sometimes there'll be like one page in the back of a novel being like, this text is set in here. One of the generative descriptions is this typeface is perfect for posters, invitations, branding, advertising, fashion. Like it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I see that sort of stuff all the time. That's hilarious. I find that very very silly and funny. So that's pretty cool. That's neat. Good like find. Him. Good find. All right. Our next foundry we're talking about is from our dear Steph Clark. Her pick for the week was New Form, which is a very new foundry, I believe. <laughs> new foundry called New Form. <laughs> it's from the lettering artist and designer Eric Marinovich, who I've definitely been a fan of for many years. Super talented lettering artist has done very high profile work, has like really great energy and personality to the work that he always does. New form as described here is a type design practice that looks to the culturally offbeat and peculiar oddities to inspire and inform the creation of expressive letter forms. So if you go to the catalog, you can see this is nothing less than expressive. (laughs) And I think what there's five fonts in the catalog right now Many of them really have some personality. I think the ones that catch my attention the most are Jaws and Burzo, which I'm assuming is the name of the typeface, which is crazy names. Yeah. When you click on these typefaces, you get to these specimen pages that are highly, highly designed works of art featuring the typeface in a specific aesthetic that is really hard to describe other than that. Like the colors are crazy. The textures applied are crazy. It really feels like you're getting sold here on whatever type personality. And the design that lives around the type really feels like at home with the type itself in a way that feels like super thoughtful and considered. And man, I love these specimen pages. Here's the thing. Yeah. I hate these and respect them at the same time. These are for sure... Not for me. Okay. But energy is such a good word. There is nonstop energy in every one of these pages. Mm -hmm. And it does such a good job of showcasing what their intention was behind designing these crazy faces. Yeah. That you got to just be like, dang, a good work. I don't want to use it. I have no projects that I could see myself using this on. However... This is wild and crazy stuff, and you did a good job with this. Yeah. I think the way that I really appreciate it is that, okay, so we just joked about that computer-generated font bio. It's definitely like what you see with like a lot of font marketplaces. I feel like for these, I don't need a font bio. This is show, not tell on how to use this font and how it looks good and like in what applications and all caps in tight letting and loose letting and upper and lower stacked justified. Like it's these super maximalist graphics 
are like a genius way to sell a font. Is this maximalist? I guess that makes sense. I've been trying to put my finger on what maximalist means. <laughs> At least to me, I think so. Like this is like edge to edge design with like no breathing room. You're right. You know? You're right. It's weird to me because it's also so referential of past time periods. Yeah. And very specific, immediately recognizable past time periods. We're not even suggesting that I know particularly what time period it is, but New Form Sands, you look at it and you're like, oh, this is an old 1981 mailed advertisement for coupons. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this really does that in a great way. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, they're using only that font on all of their pages. Yeah. Which I just think is so cool. That really shows the versatility of these crazy, insane typefaces that they've created. Agreed. I'm really obsessed. This is a great find, Steph. I think people are going to eat it up 100%. Our next pick, we got a guest pick for this one. A non-league member, but league friend, Trey Seals. Hilarious. I asked Trey to send over an Indie Foundry. He sent me like at least like 30 Indie Foundries. <laughs> so again, in <laughs> the members good. email, you'll find fonts from some of the Indie Foundries that he suggested. But me and Steph looked through them and picked out a few. The one that we wanted to showcase was a really interesting foundry called Type Du Nord. This is a teeny tiny type foundry in a format that I guarantee you will not be familiar with. So these are fonts by Libby Bischoff. I didn't know her before I found this project. This project's pretty insane. She has been making <laughs> a font or has been working towards the goal of making a font every week since April 2021. The project itself ends April 2022. I'm sad we didn't catch this like a year ago, but here oh. we are, all good. So if you want to actually see the font she's been making, we, we're going to link to her Instagram, but you can go to the link in her bio and it's an archive of all the newsletters. She sends these fonts through the newsletter to her subscribers. They're all not necessarily full lift set fonts. One of the latest ones is called 414 and it's mostly numerals and punctuation. I mean, give this person a break. Like she's doing this once a week, understand. But if you want to actually see the variety of the fonts she makes, you can see them on her Instagram Really nice showcase. I mean, it is a crazy variety of styles, weights, just inspiration. And I think it's crazy. Sounds like Libby, I was looking at the about in the newsletter page. She graduated from Type West and wanted to kind of keep her font making skills sharp. And was like, I need a good mm. excuse to do this. So that's how she started this project, Type Du Nord. And the way that it works is that the fonts are only available for one week after they're sent out to you. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like looking through all the old ones and I was like, oh, not available, not available. Oh, makes sense. It's smart. It's a keep it fun, keep it experimental. I think probably for her sake, knowing that like, okay, this was a fun I did in one week. I don't necessarily want this to be like floating around forever and ever, which I totally understand. And to keep it just lighthearted. I think this is so cool. I think this is a crazy commitment. You can read some of her newsletters in this archive. And I love that like she just packs a lot of her personality in there. She talks about what's going on that week with her. I want to see more projects like these. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, we should interview her. Put her mm -hmm. on the list. Yeah. Libby. She's got to have awesome, interesting things to say. This is so neat. Yeah, I want to hear about what it's like to try to make a font every week. 
I just want to hear about that pure like stamina situation. (laughs) It's interesting too. If you look at the past archives of the emails, you can actually, I think automatically sort by top interacted with engagement. Seemingly the, well, at least the second top one besides welcome is week 43 Sako, which is like very seventies schoolhouse rock vibes. Kind of neat, kind of cool. I like it. Just interesting. I love this. I think it's like a good way to show what happens if you're not trying to perfect type and you're like learning from the process of making type. I think there's probably a lot of value there. Yeah. Yes, Libby, we'd like to have you on the podcast if you haven't already been able to tell. All right. Final team bonus pick. Me and Steph are actually huge fans of this studio. This is Margot Levesque. Margot Levesque is an art director and a type designer. She's French. She's based in New York City. I believe her main occupation is art direction and that sort of thing. And her foundry that she runs under her same name is more of her side project. She was actually interviewed in the article we shared last week. I believe maybe, I forget, Dynamo potentially put this out. They interviewed a bunch of foundries. I think she said herself, like, I'm just happy when people buy my fonts. This is not my main occupation, but I love making fonts and love putting it out there. Again, there's a similar theme. We're going to be putting the people that are like much more full time do this every day, like the NAN people. And then there's people like Type Heist and Margot. They're on the other side of the spectrum. These typefaces and her letter forms that she creates are pretty drop dead beautiful. I've been following Nina display for a long time. She describes it as a Roman display with historical forms while also being quite modern. This is just like very voluptuous curves, almost like perfectly vectored out curves, sometimes in an Art Nouveau fashion, sometimes in a really classical fashion, really classical proportions, but beautiful ligatures. And this is just like, this feels... Yeah, this feels like eating the richest, most creamiest ice cream ever. <laughs> I was thinking like pot de creme or something. Ooh, I don't know that. What is that? It's like the custard part of, of creme Ooh. brulee. Yeah, this is what this feels like. Definitely. Yeah, right? Rich and delicious. And I'm shocked with this one, how great it looks at small sizes. Nine yeah. point is even better than 18 point. I'm impressed. Because I first look at it and I'm like, oh, it's it's beautiful. It's ornate. I get it. I see the appeal, I don't know, maybe not for me, but then I look at it real tiny and I'm like, oh, that is for me. I like that small. That's cool. It's really nice. And I mostly have looked at her typefaces on her Instagram rather than her site before where she'll just like kind of zoom in on a couple letters and you just like your jaws dropping because you're like, how do you create such beautiful letter forms with such balance using ornate curves and also classical forms? This is just like, the aspiration that so many people aspire to when they're creating these like highly elegant, almost indulgent letter forms. So that's my favorite. She does have some really great other, I think two other typefaces in the catalog. They're also very beautiful, much more classic, much more kind of what you're probably used to seeing, but also have just like a great presence to them and have like a gravitas out on their own and 100% worth checking out at the end of the day. I also appreciate that she has like a trials and student page, which is kind of neat. Nice. You can ask for a trial font, which I'm sure is like a certain amount of letters or something like that. Mm-hmm. And students get, for whatever reason, I don't know why the specific number, but 36% 
off of all license. I like it. That's helpful because honestly, there's really not that many fonts that are ornate like this that are done well that are available to students like on Google fonts or anything like that. I feel like this is definitely a very specific corner of type design that is not going to be super accessible. So I like to see it. Great picks, everyone, all around. This was all good energy. Great things Friday. Or Good Friday, however you celebrate it. I also don't know what happens on Good Friday, but I have heard about it before today, so I beat Micah on that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, hashtag whatevs, as they say. As everyone says, everyone says hashtag whatevs. Exactly. Well, Micah, this was an absolute pleasure. Thanks to everybody for picking cool stuff and sharing cool stuff. Thanks to Olivia for all of your research. You're always so well-researched. I'm just nerding out, guys. It's just a nerd fest here. It's fantastic. We have a fun nerd alert lined up for next week. All my history people, get ready. <laughs> We're going to be diving back in the his- historical knowledge. And it's going to be quirky. And- the history. Well, yeah, there are a lot of men in history that might be referenced. <laughs> I don't know. I have to do the research. (laughs) Oh, God, this is going on way too long. Yep. Okay. Well, everybody, have a great week and say hi on the social medias, and we will see you on the internet. Goodbye.